0: Uh, This is Mick Turner. Hi, I'm Mick Turner from uh, 33. 33, and you're listening to CKUT 90.3 FM. And you're listening to CKUT 90.3 FM. This is Eve Engler, author of The Black Book of Canadian Foreign Policy, and you're listening to CKUT, Montreal's community radio station for social justice at 90.3 FM.
1: City Radio on CKUT ninety point three FM in Montreal. Thanks for being with us um, today on the program. Um, We have an in studio discussion. It's good to be with you. We'll be with you until eleven thirty this morning. I'm your host, Stefan Christophe. Uh, The program today is going to be looking at the ongoing protests in Haiti. We are joined in studio by two. Guests, um, there is the writer and community activist France Andre, who works with uh, Solidarity Quebec Haiti. Uh, Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Stefan. How are you doing? I'm great, thank you. And also, author and community activist Eve Angler. Hi. How's it going? Amazing. Thanks for being here. Um, So, both of you have been involved in the protests that have been taking place in Montreal. Uh, I guess just for a bit of context, it's been more than a month now that there's been mass demonstrations uh, in Haiti um, uh, surrounding a number of issues, but primarily uh, one of the key demands has been for the resignation of Jovenel Moise, who's the president of Haiti. Um, there is a lot of um, demands that uh, revolve around corruption, specifically around a fund that was set up for uh, Haiti after the earthquake that involved around $4 billion uh, from Venezuela and other other countries, I believe. Um, this protest has not stopped. There's been actions um, over the last months also. Um, so, yeah, and, and, and in Montreal, of course, where there's a very important Haitian community, there's been protests um, reflecting what's been going on in Haiti. So maybe, uh, Franz, we'll start with you. Um, Can you tell us what's been going on and and how things are going at the moment in Haiti in terms of the mass protests?
2: Yes, uh, thank you very much, Stephen. Uh, We need to go back a little bit of uh, uh, what brought us here. Um, and maybe I'm not going to go back all the way to uh, maybe from the uh, Francois Duvalier era, but we need to go back a little bit of uh, like 2004. There was a diplo- um, democratic elected president, uh, Jean-Bert Aristide, uh, that actually was hosted uh, once before in 1991, but the second time in 2004. Yeah. And we, who was in, uh, involved in that plot to do so, was the uh, Canadian government, the American, and the French. And we need to see that really mark a, a time in, in the history of uh, IT. And he was sent to Africa for uh, years all the way to 2011. And that was a turn where uh, there's a history of choosing president for us. In Haiti. And one that really uh, got to uh, take over that $4 billion was uh, Michel Martelly, who was elected right after the earthquake in 2000, uh, 2010. He was elected in 2011. And under Martelly, lots of money were uh, taken from the coffer of the, the public coffers and used for whatever it might have been. They've done a lot of work in the surface, but nothing that is a permanent. A sure. state that shows where the $4 billion which was uh, given or lent to us by Venezuela uh, was used for, you know, we don't know what. So the population uh, is asking where did that money go and the, 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 the phrase that we're using that is being used is cote Cob petro caribea And this is a, a phrase that started here in Montreal with a young man called Gilbert Mirambeau Who asked himself one night you know where this money went and that's the movement that was has started last year so
1: so just just to um, focus in a bit on that um, of course the world remembers the earthquake in 2010 there was massive pledges of support financially from around the world there's a lot of questions about what happened particularly around aid that was being funneled through the Clinton Foundation in the United States but I think a lot of people wouldn't be aware of the support, financial support through petrol support, basically for energy that was coming to Haiti from Venezuela. Can you look at that for a second?
2: Yes, baby uh 2006, uh, Venezuela signed an agreement with some of the Caribbean countries, yeah. including Haiti, where they would be selling us uh, oil. And, uh, you know, 60% should have been... Paid within ninety days, and forty percent was lent to us at one percent for twenty-five years, which is giving one, us one percent, one percent, wow, yeah, for twenty-five years. So that's very very
1: up, f- uh, low interest rates. Very in, low, in very generous. From
2: the yeah, yeah. uh, Hugo yeah. Chavez at the time, and um, you know uh, that was to build infrastructures, uh, social pro- programs, and that has not happened. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, also, for the earthquake, we were pledged about eleven billion dollars and possibly a little bit more and Eve actually has a little bit more data about this and out of that, I think uh, <clears throat> excuse me, there's about six uh, billions were that were the uh, that were uh, giving actually, but only a very small per- percentage was managed by the the Asian government yeah uh, so.
1: This is, There's a disconnect between the government and the funds pledged post-earthquake. That's correct. And, and a lot of the protests have been around where that money has gone. That, that's right. In terms of the money that was actually arrived to the Haitian government. That's
2: correct. Uh-huh. And Bill Clinton was the one which was, uh, they had delegated to manage the reconstruction of Haiti. And that's where maybe he will speak a sure. bit more about the Clinton Foundation and what has not happened. And this is what is bringing us where we are today, where we have a starving population. And who uh, is asking, what's going to be next for us? And uh, it's been not only four weeks, but it's been actually eight weeks where the, the country has been blocked pretty much by the population industry pretty much every day. Wow. Well, yeah, I
1: mean, it's really... Amazing to hear the connection between Montreal and the protests in Haiti. Uh, the question that was asked by a uh, Haitian of the diaspora where did this money go? This is the four billion that was uh, pledged basically in, in aid from the Venezuelan government that has disappeared in response to the protests in Haiti over two months. As Franz Andre from uh, Solidarity Quebec Haiti mentioned there's been protests in Montreal. Eve, you've been participating in these protests. Um, Can you maybe talk about them and also the importance of the role of Montreal in Giving voice to this movement, and also the role of, of Canada in this in this context, in terms of the the pressure that that the protesters have been putting also on the Canadian government.
0: Yeah, the first thing I think we should actually go back. Into, this is there, this is the latest phase of the general strike, is the last seven to eight weeks. But in fact, this revolt began in July of 2018, and there's been a series of general strikes. Uh, since that time. And they, it would, part of what began the revolt was an IMF attempt to uh, push a reduction in subsidies for, for kerosene and gasoline and diesel. Um, so the, the, this revolt, I think when we look at, there's a lot of discussion about the popular revolts taking place around the world. It, it's quite clear that Haiti is the site of the most sustained uh, uh, uprising of all of the revolts taking place, popular revolts taking place around the world. The fact that it is anti-imperialist, very explicitly so, is part of why it gets so little attention in our media compared to some of the other revolts taking place elsewhere. So can, can, you, can you talk about that, the anti-imperialist dimension
1: to what's been happening?
0: Yeah, well, so, I mean, so, so so you know, just a week ago, um, they tried to burn the Canadian embassy in port prince A few days before that, people threw rocks at the Canadian embassy. There are many, many, many... Ex- Examples of protesters holding signs to say, uh, 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 fuck USA, merde la France, fuck Canada. Um, um, so, there, you know, many examples of people, uh, protesters targeting, targeting the Canadian government. And so, and so basically, at, at one level, what this uprising is, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a challenge. It's a fight against racism. It's a fight against economic, extreme economic inequality in the country. It's a fight against uh, uh, imperialism. And it's a fight against Canadian foreign policy. And, 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 and it's for 16 years, Canada has been uh, deeply involved in undermining haitian sovereignty, in undermining democracy in haiti. and part of what we are seeing right now is the you know the that coming home to roost, if you like, and and the sort of just d- rejection of Canadian policy in haiti. and now there are innumerable elements to that Canadian policy. Uh, Franz mentioned already, Canada helped overthrow the elected government in 2004. Uh, if you look at what happened, Canada did after the earthquake, Canada's response, and we have the internal Canadian government documents that said instead of sending heavy urban search and rescue teams that are based in Montreal and Toronto and Halifax and cities across the country, Canada sent 2,000 troops because they were concerned that the, there was could be a political vacuum and that there would be a popular revolt and that there would be a calls for Jean-Bertrand Aristide, the ousted president to come back. So even in the horror of the earthquake that killed, you know, over 100,000 people, the decision makers in Ottawa's concern was how do we control Haiti politically? And and, and, and again, this is internal Canadian government documents reported on by Canadian press. This is not coming from some, you know, fringe radical. Um, this, and, and this was uh, in 2010. This is in 2010. And so this this is just, these are just a couple examples of this this long-standing Canadian policy of supporting the, the most reactionary elements of, of Haitian politics. Political life, uh, people who have basically no popular support in the country, um, and 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 so what we have been doing, what Solidarité Québec AITC has been doing, and, and others, have been trying to challenge Canadian politicians over the past few months over this continued uh, alignment against the interests of the vast majority. And and the, the specific demand that we've been making is is uh, uh, for Canada to stop supporting Jovenel Moise, which is the you know the president that's a puppet president that that would not be in place if it wasn't for. Washington and Ottawa's support. Um, and we've targeted a number of liberal ministers. Uh, we had, a, we occupied Justin Trudeau's office, electoral office during the campaign. We had a number of rallies in front of uh, Justin Trudeau's events uh, um, and uh, uh, electoral office uh, to try to, you know, bring some of these demands that you're seeing in a, in a you know, quite uh, explicit and uh, aggressive way on the streets of Place and elsewhere in the country, challenging Canadian policy and bringing it to, 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 our, uh, to our politicians.
1: Thanks for sharing that. That's writer and author Eve Engler um, on the protests in support of uh, the, really, the popular movement that's been happening in Haiti uh, over the last months. Um, The idea that this movement has been sustained, uh, just for a bit of context, I mean... The reality on the ground in Haiti is um, in a lot of cases in terms of different neighborhoods of Port-au-Prince is pretty difficult conditions when it comes to economics, when it comes to infrastructure and a lot of the money that was pledged, um, whether it's through the Clinton Foundation, which there again are a lot of question marks about, but also through this fund that was set up by the Venezuelan government um, to support Haiti was to try to address some of these infrastructure problems, um, whether it's around housing or water systems. A lot of the people protesting are coming from neighborhoods that have very little. So in terms of the social and economic conditions on the ground in Haiti that uh, these protests in Montreal uh, in support of Haiti have been trying to give attention to, could you talk a bit about that, friends, the conditions And, 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 and how that is feeding into the revolt?
2: the condition here and in in, in, you know, in, haiti, in haiti like the living conditions and um you know when uh, when you have a, a stomach that's been empties for years this is not something that is new it's not in the past you know words would not you know fill your stomach will not be giving you food and what uh, the core group what the uh, americans what the ambassador of canada in haiti is asking is to have a dialogue dialogue will not feed anybody So it comes to the point where, you know, they are dispersed, and some of the action is being taken. It's not perhaps what we would encourage. You know, there will be, uh, you know, fires being set up. There will be people being killed on both sides, as much as, you know, from the population, but also you have snipers. Uh, Jovenel Moise has hired uh, you know, private uh, snipers, people from uh, Eastern Europe, I believe, from Checheny, to protect him and his family when the population is being killed by the police forces and a. Uh, so there's paramilitary forces operating in Haiti too? Definitely, definitely. Okay. And I'll come back to what's happening in the past, uh, since Tuesday, I mean yesterday, with uh, a new forces is being on the ground, you know, uh, on a humanitarian basis, quote-unquote. And I think that itself will make a, a difference in, in the next few days. So we, uh, as Solidarity Quebec Haiti, are here in solidarity of what's happening in, in Haiti. And we need to let uh, Canada I know this is something that we have to be responsible because it's affecting us here in Canada. When you have the inflation being more than 20 to 50 percent on some of the basic products, we uh, people from the diaspora who are sending money have to send at least 50 percent more, and that is not even giving them the same quality of life than about a year uh, and before that. And that is something that we have to be aware of. Uh, Canada is part of the the plot, Canada uh, is not willing to make uh, the statement, and we are going to keep on pushing the agenda where we want some kind of a result, and we hope that Mr Trudeau, now the after election, will make a difference.
1: So, in terms of making a difference, I mean, Eve, you've written a lot about Can- Canadian policy in Haiti, what are the things that you're trying to focus on and and call on Canada to do or not do?
0: Well, I mean, there's all kinds of simple things. First of all, the Canadian government can criticize the police force that we are paying for, that we are training, that we are overseeing. Can, can you detail that? So the Canadian government, in since the coup of 2004, has been the main force in building up uh, training the Haitian police. Right after the coup, what they did is they inserted hundreds of former military into the police force. They sort of militarized the police force, the former military that was responsible for all kinds of coups in the history. Very repressive. Since that time, the Canadian government has been at the forefront of paying for police academies, paying for the, the vehicles the police use. Uh, uh, there's Canadian that's been in charge of the UN component of the police uh, the, uh, the police. Uh, of the UN mission, Canada's been in charge of the police component. Um, Now, if you go on the Twitter account of the Canadian ambassador, there's many examples of the Canadian ambassador going to events by the Haitian police and and talking about them and peeling them up. But you never find any criticism when the Haitian police kill protesters, which they've done on dozens of occasions in, in recent weeks and recent months. Um, it, but they actually, the only time that they mentioned the fact that Haitian police kill uh, protesters, uh, five live rounds of protesters, is a travel advisory earlier this month to Canadians around visiting. So they tell Canadians visiting Haiti, be careful, because police might just start shooting at you, live fire at, at protests. Uh, but they never say that publicly, you know, you know, in a, in a sort of condemned condemnatory kind of manner. In fact, they actually back up the police force. So, as a Canadian ambassador would be to disassociate uh, Canada from these killings of the Haitian police. That, that should be an absolute minimum. Um, to say that the, you know, the protesters' demands for Jovenel Moïse that Canada is no longer going to, you know, prop up Moïse. That's going a little bit further. Going, you know, further, you could the Canadian government could easily apologize for having overthrown the elected government in 2004, brought in a UN force that brought cholera to the country, that killed more than 10 10,000 people, Uh, you know, so there's many different elements to what the Canadian government could do. It could withdraw from the core group, right? The core group is this group of countries that, that basically, you know, determine Haitian affairs. It's the US, Canada. The OAS, France, uh, Canada could say no. We no longer want to be part of this club of imperial countries in Haiti. So there's there's endless things the Canadian government could do if it was you know decided that it was going to you know do what's right and to you know abide by what it says it's about, which is about you know bringing democracy and all this kind of lovely stuff. Um, But but you have uh, you have a resistance because the you know the Canadian state, like I said, for the last 16 years has been at the forefront of of intervening in Haitian affairs. uh, in favor of the uh, small elite, in favor of foreign corporations, etc.
1: So there's a lot of points there. um, And one of them, of course, is the fact that Canada is supporting the current president of Haiti, uh, Jovenel Moïse. The protest, one of their main demands has been for Jovenel Moïse to resign. Um, because of a lot of issues, police brutality, corruption, uh, the lack of infrastructure. Um, so, Franz, uh, why has it been important to have protests in Montreal to give attention to what's happening in Haiti? You've been going to a lot of these demonstrations, helping organize, helping support them. What has been like motivating you to say this is very important uh, in Montreal to have Protests as there's protests in Haiti? Why is it important that these demonstrations are taking place in Montreal? Um, I
2: would start of probably to say that uh, as uh, on a personal basis, I've been here for 54 years. Uh, I'm a Canadian, naturalized Canadian, and I'm very proud to be in Canada. However, I'm always going to be Haitians. doesn't matter what. I've lived through the di- dictatorship of Duvalier and what's happening now, it's the third edition of the Duvalierus. We had Papa Duck, we had Baby Doc, and I'm jokingly say we have Fetchus Doc. I don't know how far we would go, you know, this doesn't make sense. And we feel that just for as a responsibility, you know, we're always going to be asked, you know, where are you from? I mean, the, the skin tone will always say, where are you from? And we have an opportunity to make a difference globally, or to be med- mediatized, mediti- mediti- where the media will pay attention here, and a lot of things will be ha- hidden in Haiti, so if we do in parallel, that kind of work the you know, solidarity, I think we hope we'll be able to influence it. Maybe we're not gonna change entirely what's happening because we know those forces, you know, the core group, the imperialism, the United States have interest in the Caribbean. Haiti is uh, uh, in a position, geopolitically is very important. You know, it's right between Cuba and Venezuela, two countries that the states definitely are bringing back to where it was in the 1950s. Okay, so I'm not quite sure politically where we're going with this, but we cannot wait to see where it's yeah. going. We have to keep on working at to make and maybe slowing down and maybe stopping. Hopefully, what's happening in IT. So
1: the action continues, um, and uh, the, you mentioned the core group, which is really uh, quite incredible. This is a group of. Uh, I believe it's France, the United States, Canada, and... Brazil,
2: the, Spain, okay. the OER, and...
1: Yes. And they're really setting a lot of the policy in Haiti? They yeah. have a huge influence.
2: Yes, and I think even has a little bit more than that. To yeah, to I mean, they,
0: they are... The government is dependent. Moïse falls if the core group uh, stops propping him up. It's as simple as that. I mean, obviously, the core group is predominantly Washington, but, you know, Canada is right there. Uh, and these are the forces, you know, Haiti's been under UN occupation since 2004.
1: The- and there's been, sorry, there's been major protests against the United Nations uh, over many years, especially because of the UN's role, which the UN did admit um, in bringing cholera, a cholera epidemic, to Haiti, but also for many other issues, people have been protesting the, U- the United Nations forces.
0: Yeah, there's been different stages of that. I mean, in the aftermath of the coup, people protested the, you know, o- the overthrow of Jean-Bertrand Aristide's government was by U.S. Marines with Canadian Special Forces securing the airport the night of February 29, 2004, and French forces. So initially, there were 550 Canadian forces, a few thousand American troops, French troops on the ground. That force became the UN mission. So it explicitly comes out of the overthrow of the elected government that was done literally in the middle of the night. Um, and they took somebody that had been living in Florida for 15 years and said, hey, this is the new person in charge of Haiti. Uh, of course, it was never that person. It was the U.S. Embassy and the Canadian Embassy. And, and so, so, so the UN mission, uh, there was lots of protests against the UN mission in the aftermath of the coup. Then in, uh, the UN mission introduces cholera to Haiti, which kills more than 10,000 people, leaves towards like a million people ill. Um, and there was obviously protests about that. There's been you know, long standing protests against the UN. And, uh, mission in Haiti, um, because to to my mind, the the if, if people want if if if, if Haiti and ha- Haitians are going to have a better life, they need to regain their sovereignty. They're, it's not going to happen by the people who uh, self declare themselves as the friends of Haiti, which is the U.S. embassy, the French embassy, the Canadian embassy, um, determining policy. And so the the UN has been has been a tool. Uh, of that, uh, uh, policy yep. in Haiti. And, and the core group is just the extension of that. And so, you know, a simple demand, why, why in the world are, I mean, a bunch of, uh, 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 you know, white, uh, UN ambassadors, uh, uh, having so much influence, uh, 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 white international ambassadors, uh, calling themselves the Friends of Haiti, the Core Group, the Friends of Haiti. Why do they have so much po- determination of a Haitian policy? That's 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 ridiculous. Why do opposition political actors in Haiti feel the need to meet with the Core Group um, in their protests against Moise? This is you know when when there's d- divisions within ha- Canadian political life. There's not some international body that meets with the head of the Green Party and the the NDP and the Liberal Party and the Conservatives to 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 you know to hash out things. H- Haiti. Does not have, since very clearly since 2004 has not had its sovereignty has not been in control of its uh, even you know nominally of its of its political affairs and so that's what what we need to do and and I think a point a point that's really important is that while people have been protesting in incredibly difficult circumstances many people being killed in the last couple of months and over the last year and a half in Haiti. So much of Haitian life is being determined here in Canada, in the U.S., and for us here in Montreal, what we need to do to have an impact on this is so much less than what people have to do. People have to, you know, put up blockades and not, you know, not be have access to food for multiple days to have the, to have their voices heard to influence policy. But here in here in Canada, we, you know, really, if, if we just, you know, came together to get, you know, ten thousand people on the streets of Montreal, that would have a massive effect on, on Canadian. Canadian politics policy and yeah. on, on Haitian political life. So, so. so it's, you know, I think for people listening, it's really important to recognize that, that so much of Haitian life is t- being determined sure. here and that sure. we should do what we can to sure. influence that in a, in a more humane uh, way.
1: And uh, in, in regards to that, there's a protest on the 17th of November. Uh, Franz, can you talk about like very briefly about that protest and why it's important?
2: Yes, there will be a protest on uh, November 17th, and that's going to be at the, starting at the Parc toussaint uh, Louverture, uh, 137 uh, de Maisonneuve East, very close to Metro Saint-Laurent. So we're inviting not only the Asian uh, friends and families, but we're inviting the global Uh, I mean, all the ethnic groups, because what's happening here, it's happening also uh, in Haiti, it's happening also in uh, Chile and other countries. And we have to show solidarity to Haiti. Uh, It's a country that has participated in what Quebec is right now. I mean, we have Asians coming in since the the 50s, uh, doctors, uh, teachers, and so on. So we want to show that the uh, Canadian diaspora, the Montreal diaspora, yeah. has taken some kind of leadership, and we want to continue doing it. Thank you very much to both of you for being
1: uh, on the show today. We've been joined in studio by Franz Andre from Quebec's um, Quebec Haiti Solidarity. Um, Solidarity Quebec Haiti, excuse me, and also writer and author Eve Engler. This is Free City Radio on CKUT. Do stay tuned. The XX Files is coming up next.